Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I Talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. This is Monica, and I'm your host. And today we are going to have on a very special guest. I hope that he calls in. And it is Robert H. Warner, who wrote the book, AA, How Alcoholics Anonymous Steals Your Soul, and Indoctrinating America in 12 Easy Steps. Uh, What happened to Bob was that he was sentenced to AA by the courts. And he is one of the first persons that, uh, early early persons that sued the courts for sentencing him to Alcoholics Anonymous, and he won. And so we were very, very happy to have him. Looks like he's in the queue, and I'm going to bring him right on. Okay, here we go. Hi, Bob, is this you? Hello. Hello. Let me see, let me click it one more time. Hello, is that you? Yes. Can you hear me? Hey, Bob. Yes, I can hear you now, Bob. It's Bob, right? Yes. Okay, Bob Warner, you're on my show. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. Today is I forgot mm-hmm. to say this. Let me say it. I'm so excited. It's July 8th, 2013. <laughs> so, Bob Warner, and uh welcome to the show. Thanks. Okay. So today I had to do a shorter show because things are just wildly crazy in a good way. Very busy. I'm going to fly to New York early tomorrow morning and uh, just trying to get everything ready for my Kickstarter campaign and that's going to launch maybe the end of the week. There's just so much great stuff going on. And I did not want to cancel you because I feel like what you did is very, very important and people need to know sort of what happened to you and the laws and and talk about your book. So can you give everybody just a little background of what happened with you? Well, I was arrested for DWI, and I was sentenced to the regular stuff. You go to treatment, probation, and uh, mandatory attendance at Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, uh, one thing that they tried to make a big deal out of was before I was sentenced, I, I went to AA. And, you know, I got the standard spiel about how it's not religious, it's spiritual. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, I listened to him and I listened to him, but that just never made sense to me. Right. You know, praying to God is religious. It's just as simple as that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, as I went on probation, the first meeting I had with a probation officer, I told him I had a problem with it. And he just told me, well, you just don't understand it. You just have to keep on going. And he started telling me to go to more meetings. The treatment center I was into, I had to follow AA. I had to speak out like I loved AA, or they were going to have me locked up into a metal into a locked facility. And, for uh, what? I mean, what so, would they lock you up for? What, that, what would they lock you up I for? Because I wouldn't accept that I was uh, powerless over alcohol. I wouldn't agree to to accept a higher power. Oh, and wow. that's because I was on probation, mm-hmm. it would be their word. Whatever they said would happen would happen. So they said you either have to accept the first step, you either have to you know take this treatment like you would if you were a leukemia patient. Oh my God! Or, or we're going to have you locked up in a mental health facility. And in where I was living, Middletown, New York, the facility that I would have had to go to was actually the local insane asylum where the criminally, well, criminally insane were locked up. Wow. Wow. I had attended meetings there, and I heard people screaming in the hallways, just like you would, like, the cuckoo's nest. Mm, my God. What year, what year was this, Bob, just to give everybody a little background? I was around 1990. 1990? I thought this was the late 90s. No, huh? It was. It, the case finally got decided in 1996, I believe. It got resolved. Oh, my God. Okay. Go ahead. Continue. I'm fascinated. Well, I finally got set up with it, uh, and I contacted a lawyer about it. And I told him, and he says, you have something. I told him what the steps were, what alcohol violence was. Mm-hmm. And he was a, a noted constitutional lawyer, which I didn't yeah. know at the time. It turned out mm-hmm. he was a real expert on the subject. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. you got to be kidding. They're making you do this? I'll definitely represent you. And then he took a case, and he... He steered it through a lot of legal minefield that really could have derailed it. Uh, they tried to say, you know, there was a case whether I had waived my rights because I had because I had attended a few AA meetings before I got sentenced. They, you know, mm-hmm. the court wanted to know if I had consented. They tried to keep AA literature out of the trial. Wow. Uh, how? How would how would you, you possibly know, keep literature out of the trial? He tried to say it was hearsay. Now. Uh, if I remember right, my lawyer was able to argue that it was just, it wasn't hearsay. There's a hearsay exemption mm-hmm. that he was using the literature to prove what I said. Mm-hmm. And in that case, it could be admitted. Uh, they tried to use, uh, I believe it's called a stop, because I had originally gone through the state courts, and so now they said I couldn't take it through the federal courts. And it was all rejected. Uh, it was because of the skill of this man, Robert Essex of Middletown, New York, that it got that the actual case was successful. Okay, what's his name again? Robert. Robert Essex. I S S E K S. I S S E K S. Right, Robert Essex in Middletown, New York. Okay, so Laura's asking for that, and Laura Tompkins is in the queue here. We have some people in the chat room. Laura Essex. I mean, sorry, Laura. Robert from Middletown, New York. Yes. I'm writing it. I'm sorry. I'm typing with one little finger here as I'm holding the phone. Middletown, New York. Do you think he would be on the show <clears throat> down the road? Oh, I don't know. Oh. I haven't really. I've, 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 I'm sorry. I don't really know. 
All right. Well, it's great that he did it. Okay, so um, this sounds interesting. So continue, continue. It's, what happened next? Well, uh, you know, we went to trial, and basically, I mean, it just basically the court tried to make the big argument that AA isn't religious. Mm-hmm. And that's really a large reason why I wrote this book, finally. Uh, I'd actually written a shorter version of it and posted <clears> it on, uh, it, you can actually look it up on Orange Papers. Mm-hmm. A short essay I posted about, you know, when it first happened. Okay. But for the whole time I was in this, they kept on trying to say, well, it's not religious, it's only spiritual, which is the big lie of AA. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of what I wrote the book about. I wanted to focus on basically how AA lies, that it's just it's an indoctrination program. They tell yeah. you this, and then they change it as they go on. Um, uh, you know, say, I, I, you know, yeah, go ahead. Wanna... Well, I was just saying, you know, like they say the power, you know, you can use anything you want as your higher power. But then they tell you later on that, you know, by large numbers, they can predict, you know, whoever considered the AA group their higher power would learn to love God and call him by name. That's what right. they mean by that. <clears throat> right, right, right. I'm on page 19. Um, it says here, the first step of alcohol, I'm reading from the book um, that Barb uh, Robert Warner wrote How AA Steals Your Soul. So on page 19 it says, The first step of Alcoholics Anonymous is a good place to look when you want to understand the ruthless dishonesty with which they treat pr- prospective members. First they tell the prospect that they are entering a non-religious alcohol treatment program. Then they get the prospect to start practicing certain exercises that they call steps. After they have practiced these steps, which AA swore were not religious, AA tells the member that, oh, actually, you've been seeking the knowledge of God's will, and, oh, wait a minute, I just, I just scrolled down and lost it, um, na, 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 oh, actually, you have been seeking the knowledge of God's will and the strength to carry it out when you work the steps. Surprise! This dishonesty is inherent in every step of Alcoholics Anonymous, AA declaring that the attainment of greater humility, in quotes, the desire to seek and do God's will, in quotes, is the foundation principle of each of AA's 12 steps. For without some degree of humility, again, the desire to seek and do God's will, no alcoholic can stay sober at all. Now that's really, really powerful. And I mean, I started to do this for somebody who had asked me to do it for some research, and I got really upset when I began to have to dig and just pull out the quotes proving how ridiculous and antiquated and religious it was. And these people just, they practice, you know, every day of the week on how to hide this. I mean, Mm. you know, I mean, how could anyone object to making a searching and moral inventory of themselves until you realize that the, the defects that they talk about that you're supposed to be looking for is actually yeah. defined as a seven deadly sins. Right. So, I mean, everything in there is deeply religious, and they even say that they teach their people to discuss religious principles in everyday language so as not to confuse people or, you know, not to upset people who are confused about these terms. And well, so all yeah. these, these things are all just, they're trying to use non-religious terms to just describe flat-out religious concepts. Well, you know, I also felt like, uh, and this was in the end before I felt, uh, because I, you know, was leaving and stuff, but there was a point where it dawned on me and I was like, 
you know, you can't make up who God is. Like, God is God. And if you're a Muslim or if you're a Jew, if you're a Christian, you're a Buddhist, if you're a Hindu, you can't freaking make up who God is and say, you know, a lot, and that is what goes on there. And you say this. I want to read this other piece that is on page 25. Uh, it says, the step... This step is the point at which AA's big lie is birthed, that AA's power greater than ourselves is not religious. AA tells prospects that they can get use as anything. They can use anything as their higher power, even the group itself. But that lie is simply a way of getting the prospect to set aside their beliefs so AA can replace those beliefs with AA theology. Right, because we learn by a great number those who lo- those who once called the a- the higher use the their beloved AA group as a higher power would learn mm-hmm. to love God and call Him by name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what they mean by that. That's what God yeah. is. I mean, it, I mean, you I, if if you don't want to accept AA's BS, I mean, you can look through the big book and it's religious front front end. You know, I'm more interested in, you know, what I wanted to do with this book was more more confront the lies that AA says about their program. Mm-hmm. The way mm-hmm. AA tries to package their guys. Oh, it's just anything. It's just, you know, it's whatever you want it to be. And it's not a disagreement. It's, it's you know, it's not a difference of opinion. They just lie. Mm-hmm. And it's an intentional lie. Um, I, I think that... I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to launch this Kickstarter campaign for this feature film that I'm making that is exposing, you know, began about sexual predatory behavior, a.k.a. the 13-step, right, which 13-stepping, sexual harassment, financial praying, and then found out that people were being court-ordered who were violent criminals, escalating into people being raped and murdered. Then I find out that it's been themed highly religious, so now they're sending these, like, wolves into meetings, and that then I found out that, you know, in 25 states, it's already been deemed highly religious and that it's against my First Amendment rights and yours and everybody else's in the country to sentence somebody to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, yet in California and all the states, I mean, all the, you know, the courts that are surrounding me, people are getting sent there day in and day out. And I was furious about that, and not only was I furious about that, uh, but a lot of people who were, you know, regular lay people, the normal citizens of the United States were like, What? I have a choice, like, you know, it's it's not, and the thing that you point out in the beginning, calling it a drug treatment program, Alcoholics Anonymous is not a drug treatment program. Alcoholics Anonymous is a group of people, a bunch of numbnuts, sitting around in little <laughs> pods, in little meetings, all around the country, studying a book from the fucking 1930s, where there is no one in charge, where there is no safety policy, and if it's a drug treatment program, then the state better regulate it. And if it's not a drug treatment program, then what is it? And because of what you've written and why you're on my show, we are beginning to write the text that goes into what you have to put into Kickstarter, right? Which is what I wrote. Right. It's exactly what I just said to you now. We wrote today. I wrote it when you know my friend, uh, co-producer, is helping me. And this is the most. This is, I think, a huge thing, Bob. And I again, I'm talking to Bob Warner, who wrote uh, how is it how AA steals your soul? I'm sorry, what's the topic again? AA, AA no, alcohol. Alcohol right. anonymous steals your soul. Right, right. And uh, where is your book available for sale? It's available on Amazon, and then it's also available in the Kindle store. 
Okay. So everybody, you can hear that. I'm doing a shorter show today with Bob. Um, we'll probably have you back again because of my having to um, fly out of town. Um, okay. I mean, this is, I mean, exactly what you're talking about, uh, I mean, it just infuriates me that it is masquerading as a drug treatment program. And someone else pointed, we were on a Skype call the other day with a bunch of, uh, you know, bloggers, that even on the BB, you know, Better Business Bureau, you, if you look up AA, it gets rated, and they're calling themselves a drug uh, a treatment program and rehabilitation. And it's like, I said, you know what, that's really where somebody can go get them. And you say, really, if that's what you are, then you're accountable. Then you have to have policies and procedures in place. I actually, in the book, actually, in the book, actually, wrote a short chapter on Charlie Sheen. Uh, you look at what's happened to Charlie Sheen. You know, right. he does drugs, he drinks, and so now he's being told he has to go into treatment. And when he looks at AA and says, you know, this is a cult, well, now he's got everyone in the world saying, oh, you're in denial. You're just refusing your medical treatment. Mm-hmm. And he has no way of refuting that. He can't say you're all wrong because AA has positioned themselves as medicine when they're actually faith healing. But mm-hmm. because all of the, the the treatment complex, the legal society, everyone has gotten into the habit, has gotten into the process of calling AA medical treatment, Charlie Sheen didn't have a chance. It's He had mm-hmm. a choice of either, you know, being Charlie Sheen or turning into a Bible-thumping Christian who would proselytize for AA. And well, that he, happens everywhere. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, well, he's doing well with uh, Anger Management. It's a great show. I think he's really kind of, um, you know, a year later or how many years, it, it feels like it was just yesterday when he did that rant that we were all yelling and cheering him as he confronted the producer that he worked with and was calling AA and had the big book. Nobody had ever done that. And I think the hard part was that he was still just coming down from overusing some drugs, and so, he, you know, he was a little spun. But, you know, I, I got to meet Charlie this past year, early on in the year, at a, at a Fox party. And, um, you know, he was looking pretty sane to me and pretty, you know, uh, sober in the real real term. And he said, I am not... I am not a part of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I am drinking moderately, and that was what he was doing. But clearly, to me, I mean, he's like he's one of the most successful human beings on the planet. Everything the man touches turns to gold, mm-hmm. and he's supposed to go to AA and have these people who are just basically worthless tell mm-hmm. him how to run his life. Why? Mm-hmm. Why is he supposed to take advice from religious zealots? Why should he have to do that? I know. And he obviously has too much pride. He has, obviously has too much pride in himself to allow it to happen. Right, right. Um, do you? Uh, so, when did you publish the book? Just recently. It was only a few weeks ago. Well, about a month ago. Oh, I guess. okay, okay. So it just came out. So again, I'm talking to Bob yeah. Warner, Robert H. Warner, the book AA: How Alcoholics Anonymous Steals Your Soul, Indoctrinating America in Twelve Easy Steps. So, what? Uh, you have a game plan of uh, what you would like to see changed? Well, I'd like to see, well, if I think AA, AA has to stop promoting themselves as medicine. They have to reveal that they're religious. All these treatment facilities, Dr. Phil, when they mm-hmm. say they're going to send someone treatment, they should have to be required to tell people that it's religious treatment. If they want to send them to it, 
And all these all these treatment professionals have to give people a choice besides AA, because otherwise, they're. I mean, I don't know word for word patient bills rights, but I'm sure that every patient bill of rights in every state requires that people's religious freedom be respected. No one should be told here we're going to send you to treatment, and not be told they're being sent to church. They should all. If you're going to send someone A, you have to tell them that the whole idea of AA is that alcoholism is caused by the seven deadly sins, and that God. That's pretty upsetting, you know. I mean, Sorry I was on the that. phone with a Skyper um, who her name is uh, Persephone in exile. If anybody wants to follow her, P I E or Persephone, I believe that she has her own blog, and. She was on the Skype call last night where she was explaining what happened to her in a treatment center in the middle of the country, uh, a treatment center that owns about seven of them where people were uh, being horrifically treated. That I I wonder what the laws are. You know, like you have a, a, a hospital and you have laws surrounding that hospital. But I have a feeling that these drug and alcohol treatment programs and rehabs might not be regulated. I, I, I think we need to look at this. And if you have doctors working, in, real doctors working there, there's some real, in, you know, I see Amy in the queue here, and I know Laura Tompkins is in there, that this is a way that this stuff could really be sliced in half and said, look, like, oh, what happened? Did Bob get dropped? I'm sorry. Oh, you're there. Okay. Oh, you know what? I didn't, um, so uh, one of the things that came in California recently is that there's a Senate um, investigation. Uh, My mind is, what was it called again? An investigation by a Senate hearing committee. The fact that they don't have to do a background check on a counselor who works in a rehab or a treatment center in California or Pennsylvania. Oh, I'm like, oh, gee, I wonder who pushed that through. A bunch of steppers who work now got their place in all the different places of government and medicine and social work and counseling and, you know, they all became social workers or they all, you know, do their do-gooding work, right? Why? Yeah. And I know why they didn't... Oh, I got a... This is New York calling me. Oh, my God. Um, I know why that they um, don't want them to do a background check. So I'll tell you why. They have Mr. Joe Blow who came in as an addict or an alcoholic, who now is rah, rah, rah about AA and being sober and being clean and treatment, and now he wants to become a counselor. So he goes and gets his like you know facilitator class, or he goes to the six-month class at um, UCLA or somewhere in his state, and now he can be hired for a minimum wage, or they can hire him for a cheap, right? 22 grand a year, yep. 25,000 a year. And he's just so happy proselytizing and spreading the word of Alcoholics Anonymous and helping the other addict alcoholics. But he knows really jack shit about a lot of stuff. So what are the rules? Yeah, I mean, I, I, saw, I saw that a lot in AA where these guys would get in, they get AA in their heart, they turn their soul over to AA, and they say, now I'm going to be an alcohol counselor. And mm-hmm. it's and it's legit when you if uh, all treatment centers want you to want you to follow twelve steps, so they're glad to have these preachers from AA come in and work for them. But what about telling people that look, we're going to teach you to pray to God, not not 
not a chair, not anything you wish it to be. We're going to actually teach you that God will perform a miracle for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, to allow these guys to come in and say that I'm going to give you medical treatment and actually dispense to you faith healing is ridiculous. I mean, and everyone's, that's, everyone, sh- they should all be required to reveal that. So, this is what we're going to teach you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, they totally need to just say, you know, this is a religious faith healing thing. So let me let me ask you this, because, you know, this is a long journey for you. Uh, it happened in 1990. You went to court. You won in the late 90s. It's now, you know, a year, decades later. What happened? I thought it would end it. I was naive enough to actually believe that once it was declared unconstitutional, it would stop happening. Stupid me. Hmm. Yeah. So what happened that you said, oh, my God, I need to write a book? Did something else happen? Or? I actually thought it. I mean, I've been saying it intermittently, but, I mean, it's kind of like, well, what else am I going to do? But uh, what brought it into the forefront of my mind uh, recently was Zach Reed, a councilman in Cleveland. He's been arrested for his third DWI. Mm-hmm. And the treatment they sent him to before the third one was he had to go to Alcoholic Anonymous, he went to treatment, and he came out spouting AA dogma oh, one day at a time. Oh, I have a disease. I'm sick, but I'm going to get better. And now to get rem- the council, it's up to them if they want to remove him from office. So mm-hmm. now he has to actually go to AA, and he has to pretend, or maybe he really likes it, I don't know, but anyway, he has to attest to AA theology, or he can be removed from office. Mm. Oh, my God. What? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, say that again? Not, none of this, not, not, what I'm saying isn't codified. Mm. He's, uh, right now, he's facing his third DWI charge. Now, he doesn't have to step down from office, but the city council can remove him. Now, he's in a position that after his second DWI, he was, uh, ordered to go to Alcoholics Anonymous classes and to take treatment. Now, look at the position he's in. He, If the people around him don't think he's doing well, they have the op- they can actually vote him out of office. The city council can vote. So does he have to attest that, yes, I'm doing well in treatment? Does he have to go to, go to follow Alcoholics Anonymous? Because if he didn't, if he got up and said what Charlie Sheen said, where mm-hmm. if he got up and said AA is a cult, I don't believe mm-hmm. in AA, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. take this treatment, they mm-hmm. vote him out on his butt. Well, now, but, you know, yeah, he could do it and say, I want to go to Smart Recovery. You know, what, what, what's this guy? What state is he in? Uh, Zach Reed is councilman. He's a Cleveland City Councilman on his second DWI. This is his third one he's facing now. On his second DWI, he was ordered to attend Alcoholics Anonymous, I believe, two times a week. And uh, he had to seek alcohol treatment. Which you know, same stuff I was ordered. Now I I'm not privy to his private to his private life. I don't know what treatment, but we all know that when he went for treatment, he was sent to AA. I don't have to I don't have to I don't have mm-hmm. to see his case file to know that. We all know what happened, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he was ordered to go to AA. And <laughs> you know, he's been busted for his third DWI, so I guess it didn't do a whole lot of good. Yeah, it's not going to work for him. Um, I think that there's many people, the people who we see, you know, going in and out and in and out, that it's not going to work, um, that 
let me just read. So Laura Tompkins wrote this. Only your license is regulated so that the state can charge you money to take a test that you have to renew every two years. Rehab centers are free to do whatever the hell they want. And then Amy wrote, <laughs> and they do. Oh, my fucking God. This is a big I imagine that very safe story. Say, but... Oh, my God. This is so fucked up, and I'm so glad that I'm on Blog Talk Radio, and I hope to be on HBO someday so I can say, this is so fucked up. And needs to be changed. That's ridiculous. You know how much money, billions of dollars, and they get to do whatever they want like this? Oh, it's so messed up. So look, we have an hour. I mean, we have a minute and 20 seconds because I made it shorter because I'm so crazy getting busy with um, getting busy. Um, I am busy getting ready to get on a plane tomorrow. Bob, okay. we're going to have you back. I want to thank you uh, for coming oh, on the show. It flew by. We'll have you back on to talk for a whole hour. Okay, Bob? It's okay. Robert right, H. Blast. Warner. AA, How Alcoholics Anonymous Steals Your Soul, Indoctrinating America in the 12 Easy Steps. Please go on Amazon, buy it, load it, download it, post it everywhere, get everybody aware of it, uh, review it, and look forward to... Um, Bob, I want to thank you so much for being on, and we'll have you on in the, oh, within the next month. That's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, guys, Bye-bye. I just want to remind everybody that of the Kickstarter campaign for the 13th Step, uh, the movie, the film, you can look for it soon. I'll let everybody know about it. I'll be posted everywhere. I'm really blown away by what Bob just told me and what's going on in our country and there's a lot of change that needs to happen. Laura, Amy. Okay, guys. Uh, love everybody, and I'll see you next week. Good night. Take care. It's Monica Richardson for Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. <laughs>